0: Speak to them. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the well, I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's
2: go scatter the west right tight. F left, 372 Y sticks.
3: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
2: Well, how am I
0: going to go to college? I'll just play football.
2: And just like that. Hour number two of the show has begun. Hot coffee in the cup out of the thermos from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Another great Mississippi company, High Point Roasters. Go to highpointroasters.com. Here I am in the Farm Bureau studio with you. We had a good one here in the studio, hour one. Plenty to talk about. And we certainly have plenty to talk about going forward. Uh, in just a few, we'll chat it up with Jake Gotro. if everything goes according to plan. He's one of the assistant coaches at Mississippi State and the former high draft pick, knows all about it, got Major League Draft coming up. And, and I'm even going to ask him just some basic details, like when is it? I know it's five rounds and when's all that starting and all that kind of stuff. But first, I just want to throw another nugget out there. This is just personal. It's selfish. It's selfish on my part. I mentioned to you Bob Horner that – the captain, number 11, the first baseman back in the 80s for the 1980s Atlanta Braves on WTBS, right? I mentioned it to you. Bob Horner, drafted number one in 1978 and immediately went to the major leagues. No minor league baseball for Bob Horner. And I played you that clip of less than 10 years later when I was a little kid in 1986 watching him on a losing team hit 4 home runs in one ball game saw it with my own eyes while well, looking at a television on WTBS you would turn on the Braves in about 1986 and this is what it sounded like when the game started
0: Station WTBS presents in stereo America's team, the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves baseball is brought to you by Budweiser, Beachwood 8 for that clean, crisp taste. This Bud's for you. By Delta, the official airline of the Atlanta Braves. Delta gets you there. By Canon so advanced Canon is the world's leader in 35 millimeter photography <laughs> by your Toyota dealer and the all new Toyota Supra performance the all new eyes. Toyota Supra anything more by in Speed Stick Super Dry Anti-Perspirant deodorant gives you man-sized protection against perspiration wetness and odor let the wide stick give you the edge by cnn the world's most important network and a proud sponsor of the 1986 goodwill yeah
2: owned by ted turner also owned the braves around the world every 30 minutes Here comes Skip. Here comes Skip. Hi, again, number one, along with
0: John Sterling. Skip Carey welcoming you to another night of Atlanta Braves baseball. Hey, and look,
2: I'm just going to say it. Skip Carey, a famous announcer, but he's a great example. You don't have to have a James Earl Jones voice to make it in broadcasting, right? Like, you don't have to have that. One more thing, just one more thing, and then we're going to modern baseball. I promise, just hang with me real quick. On the day that Bob Horner hit four home runs in a game in 1986, former number one pick, didn't spend a day in the minors, he was an all-star. He was a rookie of year. He got up, and then it, less than 10 years later, four home runs in a game, and they lost the game to the Expos. And on that broadcast, you could hear fans cheering when the Braves made a pitching change, cheering that the coach came out of the dugout. And then they had this one inning. They gave up like six runs in one inning, and I kid you not, you could hear a fan in the stands with a trumpet playing taps in the stadium. Here's what, here's what I'm talking about.
0: Zane Smith had thrown only one home run ball all year coming into this game in 133 innings. He may have just thrown another one. Griffey is at the wall. It's off the wall. Brooks is at second base. What is going on here? I don't think I've ever seen him get hit this hard. did seen him get beat. And that's going to be all off the glove of Horner into the short right. A runner races for the plate and he will score. And they're at first and third. And even the pitcher is in on the act. It's nine to two. And Mitch Webster is up again, the tenth man to bat in the inning. And that makes it ten. McGaffigan races for third. They got a shot at him. Nope. Second and third. It's ten to two. The single for Webster, he takes second on the throw to the plate. They get a guy in a scoring position, there's the base hit. There it is. Murphy up with the ball, no, he had a a chance at third, but McGavigan just beat it.
2: Hey, he's well, playing he's taps, seven. you hear it? The fan was playing taps in the stadium on a trumpet that he brought in there with him. I'm just telling you there was nothing better than even losing Braves baseball. There's just nothing better than baseball. We need baseball. So now we're going to talk baseball with someone who is baseball and who is a coach and was a great player and who was a first-round pick, and I only play this song for an intro because someone dared me to do it. It said, remind him that he was a first-round pick and play Glory Days. Jake Gotro on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Jake, you forgive me for playing glory days?
3: Absolutely, I forgive you. Hey, by the way, what you probably don't know is the Bob Horner, Dale Murphy days, those were the days that made me a diehard Braves fan back in the day. Really? I used you... to talk to my dad every night, Yep, watch TBS and watch the Braves before they became a dynasty. But Dale Murphy and Bob Horner were my guys.
2: They were your guys. Did you have, like, the, yep. the Dale Murphy poster on the back of your door? And
3: I had it all, absolutely. You used to be able to call in, and I think it was their base catalog and order stuff. I was a maniac.
2: That is that is so cool. Well, and, Jake, I share that with you. You know, I, I didn't become a baseball player, but I was the same way, you know, as a kid growing up in Alabama. Don't you think that part of that was Superstation WTBS because we could watch every single ball game.
3: They were on every night, and kind of the Cubs, too. Um, you know, I would get home from school at a young age, and WGN had the Cubs' day games going. So I watched a lot of Cubbies and Braves, but I was definitely a Braves fan more than a Cubs fan.
2: Same here. Yeah, Bob Horner. Now I look at those highlights, Jake, and I watch Bob Horner in 1986 rounding the bases on a day he hit four home runs, and I think to myself, did they ever lift weights or work out at all? <laughs>
3: You know, back then, I don't know if they really were yet. I mean, I think it. Was, I think they were doing it a little bit, you know, but obviously nothing like the strength and conditioning programs that we all have today. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I was young, like getting into high school, um, whether it was major league baseball or college baseball, just baseball in general, they were starting to talk about lifting weights forever. They thought it was a, it was bad for you as a baseball player. Um, but obviously that is no longer.
2: Right, right. Well, and, you know, we can look at a guy like Foscue, can't we? And and we can just see to the naked eye, like from his first year to his second, the emphasis that players are putting on weight training and strength training. I mean, his lower body, just from the waist down, his legs look like he gained 15 pounds before his sophomore year.
3: No doubt. He works like crazy. They all do, and Coach dieters is our strength and conditioning coordinator. He's, I think, one of only three in the country that are baseball only. Um, so He does a great job with them, but you know, baseball is a little bit different than football. Obviously, there's a lot of lower half, um, a lot of core. You know, the the beach muscles aren't great for baseball, although we do work on those too. But Foss did; he put on a lot of a lot of good muscle between this freshman year and the sophomore year, and it helped him a ton.
2: Yeah, Jake. Um, b- before we um, kind of get into the specifics of this team with the draft that's coming up, and kind of what the effect could be, as you look at it from a coaching standpoint, and. You know, young players versus old. We'll get into all that. But I I have Jay in Baltimore is a big listener of the show, a huge state baseball fan. And he sent me a great question. And it's about being that number one pick. You were a first round pick back in 2001 of the uh, uh, Padres. You've been through this. So how do you approach kids that are on the fence about going pro or staying in school? How do you approach that conversation?
3: it can be tricky. It can kind of be touchy. So I think the best thing to do is just be a normal, honest person, (laughs) Mm. not a recruiting coordinator. Um, you can't have an agenda. You can't have a plan you have to be there for these families and these kids, um, and just give them honest information. And so whether it's my own career and the path that I took, um, or some of my previous days of, of working as an advisor, I have a lot of really good information that goes back to like 1985 in regards to each kid and, and his own personal situation. So you don't, you don't want to bash major league baseball by any means, but you try to be as honest as you can give them the good and bad of both and, um, and just help lead them through it. The toughest piece is when they're like, coach go, we need you to help us make this decision or or make it for us. What should we do? Mm -hmm. And and that's challenging because you have, you know, kids in college, in high school that are really talented that are going to turn down a lot of money to come to school, so I can be really heavy. So you just try to be honest and, and walk them through it, and the process usually starts way, way, way before the draft, you know, and, and they have their own people to lean on, but whether it's Coach Limonis, Coach Fox, whoever it may be, um, we try to give them the best information we can in regards to our life experiences. Um and then if there's data that we can grab from somebody else, an outside source, we can use that as well.
2: What about the, um, the upper echelon, super elite recruit that you're going, well, well, there's probably a greater chance that he doesn't step on campus than he does. Then, then how do you approach yeah. the recruiting? Sa-
3: same exact way. Um, with, with that, we realize with that player – there's a pretty good chance he's not showing. Mm. So we don't pressure, we don't wear them out too much. We have several of those players in this draft on Wednesday that we're going to be following, obviously. Um, but you just try to be real and, and understand that, make sure they understand that if they get what they're looking for and they want to sign, we're behind them 100%. You know? Where it gets tricky is the fringe guy that has a number set and Major League Baseball drafts them and gets close to their number. You know, and sometimes that can be a really, really challenging um, decision to make as a family or as a, a young player. So that's where it gets a little bit challenging. We have to be there for them, and like I said, just try to just try to help them through it. But the really, really talented one that gets taken really good and gets the money he wants, usually it's pretty easy. <laughs> we uh, we talk to him on the phone. We tell him he will be a bulldog for life, and the new dudes wait for them in the off season and best of luck. You know, it, it's the draft is probably most challenging for our current players on your current team. Um, and that's because we've all been through it as players and coaches in the past, and it can be really heavy on these these kids, you know, whether they're freshmen or they're seniors, they're kids. And if they know they have a chance to be a first-round pick um, and make millions of dollars, that can be really stressful for for a young kid. You know, so that's where we have to really be there for them and and help them through that process as the year goes
2: on. Sure. Jake Gotro on your radio right now. He coach Mississippi State on the Divinity Equipment phone. So the draft starts Wednesday. It's going to be five rounds this year, really short, abbreviated. Um, and, and, Coach, the thought is, okay, players who get taken in that five rounds, they're gone. I mean, that's our thought. And I'm not trying to, you know, paint you into the cor- corner with an answer one way or the other. I'm just – are we – is that kind of where we're sitting right now is, you know, we look at a guy like Westberg and a guy like Foscue, everybody projects them to go pretty early in this five-round draft. That, pretty, If that happens, pretty safe to say we've seen them play for a state the last time?
3: I think so. Um, and those guys are supposed to be taken really, really well, and they deserve it. And, um, you know, it could be – middle, early first, middle first, late first, early second, who knows, Mm. you know, but I think they're going to be taken really well um, and they're going to feel comfortable with with starting their professional career. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen for sure, but we have a pretty good idea of of what those guys can do and what Major League Baseball thinks that they can do. So you would assume they're not going to be back. Um, There's a few others on the team that could go either way. And then there's obviously some incoming recruits in that, um, in that class that could possibly, be taken as well so um we'll see what happens i tell the kids all the time you you can't try to figure the draft out sometimes it makes perfect sense sometimes it makes absolutely zero sense (laughs) You see a guy that you think is best player in the country go late and then a guy that you don't think very highly of goes super early so um so we'll see what happens but it starts on wednesday and and hopefully our guys are um are picked high and and they get to start their pro career
2: sure I saw, or at least, you know, some, some good news for next year's roster for you. Um, local kid, Kellum Clark, um, from the, you know, Jackson area, Brandon area, was a top 50 high school type guy, but just went ahead and said, no, I'm going on to college. I saw that this weekend. So I know you have to be excited about him.
3: We are very excited about him. Um, we've become very close to Kellum. Uh, I, you know, I was going on year three here, and so, have a nice relationship with him and his family. Um, he's, he's, he's bled maroon for a long, long time and, and he believes in this place and, and he loves this place. So, uh, we couldn't be more, more fired up about it. You know, um, it's one of those deals where he's so, so talented. You don't know what's going to happen. And, um, when you're at Mississippi state, it's a little, it's a unique place. It's a pretty special place. And so a lot of these young players, actually would rather come here and experience this thing for a few years and then start their pro career. You know, So in, in this situation, we feel very fortunate that he's coming to, to play for the Bulldogs. But an incredible talent, um, an even better kid. He could play the corner infield. You could probably put him in the outfield with ease. It's a left-handed bat. It's a big league body. Um, it's a premium bat with, with big power. And a lot of people don't know this, but he gets on the mound and it looks like a big leaguer it's up to 93 with sink and he can spin a breaking ball and it's, I wouldn't say raw cause it doesn't look raw, but he hasn't done it much. But um, if he wants to try to do that, uh, we've talked to him and his family over the last several years saying it's not easy to devote in the SEC, but if you can do it, we might as well try because he's very, very talented all over the field.
2: You know, as you were talking, um, that's what I was thinking, Jake, I think I'm going to talk to uh, Scott coach Foxhall, a little bit tomorrow, you know, and I, in football, I know I've, I've always been familiar with these and used to hear them myself. How our coaches sometimes would battle over a player whether he was going to be an offensive or a defensive player, and and I wonder how that goes, how those conversations, decisions are made with a player like Kellum Clark once he gets to campus. You and Lamonis and Foxhall, how do you how do you make a decision ultimately on what he's going to be, position or on the mound?
3: A lot of times it's pretty easy because the game determines it for you. Okay. <laughs> and what I mean by that is they're thriving on one side and, and they're not thriving on the other side. You know, um, sometimes they're incredibly talented and they do both of them with ease. So if they can do both, it's amazing for us because it's two players in one um, at the same time when they get to us as freshmen and the, they're away from home for the first time and they're in, 15 hours of class and their days are long and you're competing against your own teammates that are the best players in the SEC, it can be a really, really grueling and challenging first semester, you know? And so if they can do it, um, the game basically tells them they can do it because they're doing well at both. But what happens is a lot of times they start to struggle kind of in both Mm -hmm. and they're not really getting better on the mound or at the dish. And so sometimes we'll call them in or sometimes they just come in our office and sit down and say, Coach, can you be honest with me here? What do you think? You know. And so we'll say, Well, you haven't really gotten better at either, so why don't we pick the one you feel the best at and really, really try to improve there. Um, so a lot of times it'll go that way. But if they can do it, then it's better for everybody, and um, we, we wanted to go ahead and do it to help us win ballgames and have fun doing it, you know?
2: Yeah, sure. So what you're saying is that the Tim Hudsons of the world are rare? Is that what you're saying?
3: <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> yeah. Todd
3: Helton, Tim Hudson, all those guys back in the day. Mark Cotts, man. Mark Cotte I remember being a young kid watching the College World Series, and he'd come in from center field and had his eye back on, and he would close games out. But Kellum um, definitely has the talent to do it. Mm. Um we'll just see how, how he's able to handle it because it is. It's, it can be a little bit of a challenging year for these guys right out of the shoot as freshmen.
2: Man, my my freshman year at state was 95 and that first semester, you know, I'm practicing football and taking like 18 hours of freshman classes. No joke, Jake, at the end of that first semester I had like a 1.7 GPA. <laughs> and the, and they you Coach. know
3: Coach Lem would be all over you, baby.
2: <laughs> Look, I'm talking not only physical punishment, but then they were running me into study hall every night, you know, for the next semester and eventually I got it all balanced when the hours came down and and the ability to handle the load went up, but I totally know what you're saying. It can overwhelm some freshmen. No doubt.
3: They they can, and um Coach Lem does an unbelievable job in regards to Surrounding these guys with a support staff, um, whether it's academically, strength and conditioning, baseball, you name it. And so they are challenging days. Um, but our, our main thing to the young kids, especially, is just prioritizing your time and making sure you're using your time wisely, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and the resources and everything we have and the people that are involved, while it is challenging, a little bit overwhelming early, by about week two or three, these guys get it and, and then, they're, and they're rolling. But um, but they are long days. That's for sure.
2: Sure. Hey, Jake. It's uh, good to hear your voice talking ball. We've had too much of you know not being able to do that. So look, I really appreciate some time. Glad things are getting going. We're gonna be watching that draft with great interest. And uh, talk to you soon. Thank you.
3: Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. Hail state.
2: Hail state. And go Braves. That's Jake Gotro. Didn't realize Jake was a Bra- fellow Braves fan. I mean, how about that? We shared that. Uh, growing up, watching Braves games, Horner and Murphy and those guys. And next thing you know, he decides, I'm going to do that. And the next thing you know, he does it. He goes to Tulane and becomes a first-round draft pick. And now he's uh, helping to pave the way for some other, who knows, first-round draft picks. You could have them this week with the draft coming up on Wednesday. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, hour two rolling along. Stay with me. Fun show today so far. If you want to catch replays of it, easy enough. Just anywhere you get a podcast. Later today, we'll get it posted for you. You'll have hour one and hour two available on uh, iTunes podcast, on Google, on Stitcher, anywhere you get a podcast, just search The Matt Wyatt Show. You'll find it and uh, be able to subscribe. I'll send out some links on Twitter also. And if you want to catch the uh, replay of the live stream. That stuff is posted for you after we're done uh, at Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. And then, of course, on Twitter, Periscope. You'll see the link. You can go back and check it out if you want to. Just had a nice conversation with Jake Gotro, hitting coach, assistant baseball coach, at Mississippi State. Draft coming up this week. Somebody sent out a link here. I think it was Baseball America the top 5 draft prospects the top 5 draft prospects in the state of mississippi okay prior to wednesday's draft are number 1 prospect jt gen right-handed pitcher number 2 jordan Westberg, shortstop, Mississippi State. Number three prospect in Mississippi is Justin Foscue, infielder, Mississippi State. Number four, according to Baseball America, prospect leading into the draft would be Colt Keith, shortstop. High school prospect, Biloxi, Mississippi, committed to Arizona State. The fourth rated prospect in the state of Mississippi. And then the fifth rated prospect is Blaze Jordan. High school infielder, corner infielder, uh, Mississippi State. Commitment, and from South Haven. <clears throat> so one, two, and so actually, if you look at this, according to Baseball America, four of the top five draft prospects heading into Wednesday are Mississippi State guys. JT Gann, number one, Westberg, number two, Foscu, number three, and Blaze Jordan, the commitment at number five. And then there at number four, Colt Keith, the infielder from Biloxi, who's an Arizona State commit. You could very well see all five of those, well, and certainly the, the top three college guys. JT Ginn's going to get drafted. He'll be gone. Same for Westberg and Foskey. It's just a matter of when will they be drafted in those top five rounds. <clears throat> and then the two high school guys. You know, you wonder. I, you know, I don't know anything about. Their families and what their conversations have been like, or anything like that. Jay in Baltimore, he texts back on the Country Please and text line at 885 ESPN. And Jay said, Blaze Jordan seems to be the biggest question. He said, one analyst stated that he, without question, needs to go to Mississippi State. And Jay, I just didn't see it in time to get the question in there for Jake. But you know, you wonder, okay, even if, say, Colt Keith or Blaze Jordan, those high school kids, Even if they go somewhere in that five rounds, are they still going to go into college? And it does, I'm sure, have a lot to do with when and what kind of money are you talking about and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So we'll see. It's going to be fun to keep up with it, though, and see where they go. Because you're going to have, in that top five rounds, you're going to have, you know, a lot of names that you recognize and that you know. And then a lot of uh, decisions being made that you know like i say I, I don't know that it's all a given <laughs> i don't know that every one of those is a given the one that we touched on here uh, in the interview with Jake Gotro is Mississippi State signee Kellum Clark infielder outfielder pitcher from uh, Brandon Posted on Twitter that he will not go pro and he instead is going to go to Mississippi State. This is what he put out there this weekend. Um, After countless hours of thought and prayer, I've decided that it's best for me to drop out of the 2020 Major League Draft. I'd like to thank all the scouts. Sacrifice their time for me over the past couple of years. Look forward to continuing the process in 2022. I want to thank my coaches and my family for getting me to where I am today. I've dreamed of playing baseball at Mississippi State my whole life. Can't wait to play in front of the best fans in college baseball. See y'all in Stark Vegas. Um, so you only have, you know, five rounds. It changes it for a lot of people. Went ahead and made an early decision. I think it's some somewhere that he was, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, a top 50 high school player, or at least rated as a top 50 high school player for this year's draft. But the thought was, is that with the abbreviated draft and – no minor leagues to send these guys to and so the the whole developmental process for younger players is really going to be pushed back that uh, more of the draft was going to focus on older players college age players and um, yeah so if that's the case then um, you know I guess uh, any of this stuff remains to be seen but it seems like it would be a good decision uh, on his part. All right, y'all text me on the country, please, and text line. Speaking of Beverly in Olive Branch, watching, listening to the show, texted me on the country, please, and text line at 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN said, country, please, and sausage is now available in Olive Branch, Mississippi at Walmart. Walmart. It's delicious off the grill. You bet it is. How do you prefer to fix it? I honestly, I mean, everybody's got their own routine, their own favorite way of doing that. I just, it's so simple to me to eat it at breakfast and I throw it in the frying pan. Either right before I cook bacon or not. You know, I just put, you know, or right before I make eggs, I just put it in there and then I cook it. That's the way I eat it. And I've yet to actually take the sausage and put it on the grill, but I know it's good. It's, it's good anyway that you uh, <laughs> that you want to eat it. No question about it. And so thanks for listening. Beverly, you're in Olive Branch, so you may be streaming it online, thezone1059.com, thezone1059.com, if you're streaming online. Hey to y'all. Y'all can always call or text. Call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059-601 number. Text me on the text line you can tweet me at radio Wyatt listen I I don't want to get into the whole this is just news all right so let me just give you the news and I'm not going to go into a big you know opinion piece on this I've made it pretty clear my opinion and I've made it clear on Twitter my opinion about all the stuff that's going on with uh Major League Baseball with the owners and the Players Association, the fact that they cannot get their act together and figure out a way to have a season. Let me just give you the news. Earlier today, it was reported, and I say earlier today, you know, you're talking about first thing this morning on Twitter, it's reported that the owners were going to hand over a proposal today to the Players Association. Now, as a baseball fan, you were going, well, wait a minute, hadn't they done that? Yes, they've done it about three times, okay? What happened is they recently stopped talking to each other like a couple that's getting a divorce. They just got tired of it and stopped for several days, even though they should keep going and talk about it. They stopped. And the thought was, well, they may not talk to each other anymore. Well, I kid you not, yesterday, the Major League Baseball owners had a meeting to decide whether they should meet or talk to the players anymore. I'm not getting it. Well, apparently they decided in that meeting that they would talk to the players because today they made a proposal to the players. It was reported 75% prorated salary, 76 game season, playoff pool money, all that kind of stuff. Right after that, the Major League Baseball Players Association considers the owner's latest offer a step backwards. They guaranteed 50% pay with possibility of earning 75%. Also in the proposal, 76-game season playoff money, no draft pick compensation. So the owners do something else. You think, oh, here we go. And then what do they say? Well, we think it's a step backwards. They are not going to play Major League Baseball this year, and it is going to be a killer for that league and for their fan bases. Jay in Baltimore on the Divinity Equipment phone. Jay, we'll have to go kind of quick. Got about a minute here before the music starts. What's up, Jay?
3: Yeah, I just really want to make a comment. I appreciate you asking my question over to Coach Jake. But if you pay attention to the draft on Wednesday, you're going to hear the name of a kid named Nick Fiscoe. He's essentially a junior in high school, graduating early, and entering the draft, and that's without a high school season. He's projected to go number 23 Hmm. to the Indians, $2.9 million slot value. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm not making a decision (laughs) of nearly $3 million on a 17-year-old kid.
2: I mean, you know, and, and here's the thing, Jay, they're only doing five rounds and they may not do a full draft next year. Therefore, it's an even bigger chance on a high school kid because they don't have a minor league team to send them to. It's just, it's incredible. I, I'm like you. It's more power to them if they can make those decisions. It must be nice. Jay, thanks for the call, buddy. Thanks, Matt. 3 million, 17 year old kid. Where's he? Who's going to play with? It's crazy. Stick around. Back on the show. I'm Matt. Beaver is here. You are here. We got the whole gang. So y'all hit me up, text me, call me, tweet me, so on and so forth. The comments section, that's kind of what that is. Appreciate y'all being a part of the show. There is no show without you. The show we do is so much better with you. Thank you for texting and calling. Chris texted and said, the Clark kid is absolutely the real deal. Says, I'm mostly excited about him because so versatile. Great hitter. Anthony from Tupelo on the country pleasing text line. Says so I know what they say about ifs, but if Blaze Jordan develops like he should, we're talking about putting up numbers like Rooker and Palmero, the third triple crown winner, and that's excitement, Anthony. I almost I almost hate to even like start saying that about somebody who's straight out of high school. <laughs> yep, he's gonna be, he's that good. He's gonna win the triple crown. Sure enough, if he doesn't, it'll be a disappointment. Triple crown winner. Here he comes. Make room. For the future Triple Crown winner. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. And big-time talent, for sure. Got to step in there, though, develop, make the grades, be a good teammate, work your butt off, and be able to hit SEC pitching. Week after week after week after month after month. Over and over and over. Let's check in with Beavers, shall we? Bum-bum-bum. Hey, beaver hey matt wyatt everything cool in your world so far today
1: yeah mm-hmm. everything's good got the brand new grill set up this weekend oh
2: brand new grill
1: yeah this has been an ongoing saga mm-hmm. because it started a couple years ago that, see i don't own a grill matt Wyatt. i've never been able to you know st- yeah what was the line from a uh, friend's men are here. We start fire, cook some meat. <laughs> I've never been able to do that. Mm. So I finally, I finally went out last weekend Yeah, and I got, I got a, I got a grill charcoal. First, uh, it's actually an electric grill. Okay. All right. Um, It's, it's interesting. It's called the Davy Crockett, which one thing I found interesting about these is, they named their grills after historical figures. The The lowest price, the bottom of the line, was the Davy Crockett. This is from Green Mountain Grills.
2: Okay. All right.
1: The lowest price, the one I got, was the Davy Crockett. You take a step up, and it's the Daniel Boone. <laughs> and then you take the step up, and it is... Oh, man. I can't remember the third. <laughs> Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone. Who comes to mind when you think uh, about that yeah, era?
2: Like Frontiersman? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, who's above Daniel Boone? I mean, Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, and Lewis and Clark. I mean, <laughs> I can see a salesman like leading you through the different models. <laughs> he starts with Davy Crockett. You look at the grill. You look back at him, and all of a sudden, he's put on a coonskin cap. <laughs> That's fantastic. <clears throat> Have you used it yet?
1: I have not used it. It was a I tell you, this is my first dealings with a grill. You had to assemble was, it, didn't you? No, it came assembled. Okay. They gave right. me the one off the showroom floor. So that's nice. That yeah, that's the best way. That always um, feels right. Got <laughs> yeah, big L, of course, hooked it up. Big L is big L's my go to when I need to mm. get things assembled. Seems that way. And we got we got that going and I tell you what, Matt Wyatt. Grills sure have changed since back in my day. Oh, yeah. Because the only dealings I had with the grill previously was, I mean, I'm talking like 10 years old. We lived over in South Jackson. We just had a regular charcoal grill, mm-hmm. and that was it. You just put charcoal in and yeah. light it, and boom, yeah. done. <laughs> done. Uh, this yeah, this thing, uh, you had after you got it assembled on all that, you had to put in the wood pellets, and you had to wait for it to reach a certain number on there, mm-hmm. and then you had to unplug it. Plug it back in, and then wait for it to start feeding the wood pellets. Reach a one, two, three, then it would reach a temperature. Then you needed to let it just 350, 350 degrees for thirty minutes. Nothing in it. They just like this is just mm. cooking off all the, yeah. the rust or whatever that was in there from the factory. So kind of
2: seasoning it, sort of, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, I yeah. See.
1: So it's quite a <laughs> quite an ordeal compared to how it used to be,
2: right? Yeah. Well, that's good. Man, I'm proud for you. Now you can have an electric fire and you can cook meat. That's what I'm talking about, Beaver. Burn stuff. Cook stuff. Ah, 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 ah. Give us a growl there and a grunt. Oh, Tim, the tool man, Taylor grunt. Well, that's good stuff. Let's uh now let's jump back over. I see the phone ringing ringing ringing. I see the phone ringing so Beaver has gotten busy all of a sudden. Um so let's jump back over here real quick. We got the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days continuing today we are 89 days away from September the 5th. 89 days away from September the 5th. We've got team number 89 coming up. Coming up. First, though, on the Divini Equipment phone line, it says Magnolia Rebel Fan on the Divini phone. What's up, Magnolia?
3: Hey, buddy. I've, I've called in This is my second time caller is what I am. Okay, but great. Anyway, I, it was kind of a shout-out to Beaver, too, because the earlier show Beaver was talking about, he's going to ask you a question. Uh-huh. What do you like on your hash brown?
2: On my hash browns. Yeah, well, uh, we're talking about Waffle
3: House hash browns. Salt,
2: <laughs> salt, and that's it.
3: So you eat yours plain too? Okay. I eat them plain. No ketchup.
2: No ketchup on hash browns. Don't want that. If it, if a little ketchup well, gets on them, it's like I'm not going to throw a fit. But if you give well, me hash browns, yeah. just put some salt on them and get out of the way.
3: Yeah. Well, the Beaver blew that off, obviously, because I missed half y'all show. Well, but, you, um,
2: well, I enjoyed
3: yeah, this, this one. a second time, and I don't stay on long. But uh,
2: okay. Well, I appreciate the call. Shout
3: out to, shout out to all you chicken hawk. Tell him I keep on calling.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll do later, man. brother. Later. Thanks for the call. Now that's a voice right there. <laughs> that's a voice right there, Beaver. We need to come up with something for him to read for us. Yeah, don't we?
1: Yeah, I think we do. That's a good idea. Magnolia- also, Matt.
2: Oh, okay, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Okay. So, uh, real quick, it's the Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, and the Jim Bowie. Ah, that's Top of the line it. is your Jim Bowie.
2: Yeah, the the guy they named the knife after.
1: Yep. <laughs> also, so yeah, let me get to this Hash Brown. Let me explain what that was about. I'm glad that he brought that up because I completely forgot about it. Because you know how Chris Chris Brooks... He's not a man of that likes to enjoy foods touching. He doesn't like normal foods that you know you and me love. Mm-hmm. We got in a thing today. Someone talked about the Waffle House hash browns mm-hmm. and Chris Brooks. <laughs> w- when it comes to his hash browns at Waffle House, not only does he just eat plain hash browns, mm-hmm. but he acted like it was a sin for me to say I like mine with chili and cheese. Oh yeah. And he wouldn't even hear of suggesting the ketchup for him.
2: Yeah. Well that's a little city to be that staunch. You know, um what I would say is I've had hash browns with ketchup and I think it's good. Like that's fine. That's totally normal. And I, you know, if somebody said Matt, you can't say salt, I'm going to give you hash browns. You must choose something to go on it, I would say cheese. It's like I don't have a big aversion to any of that. So I'm not in his camp. I don't think I should make try to make you feel stupid for putting something on it. I just kind of am like a plain kind of guy, you know, like that's it. Yeah. So, but I'm not surprised. Chris, of everything I've heard on his show and from you, Chris is the weirdest eater uh, we know, period. Jason yeah. in Flagstaff says, oh God, it's Bowie. <laughs> he said, that's all I have to say about that. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Okay, team number 89 on the countdown. I have time. Team number 89 on the countdown is an independent. You know them? The Army Black Knights. They are team number 89, but they open the season, or scheduled to anyway, in 88 days. On Friday night, September the 4th, when they will play Bucknell. They play Rice, Oklahoma, Miami, Princeton, Eastern Michigan, Buffalo, Air Force, Tulane, UMass, UConn, and of course, Navy to finish the year the second weekend in December that they always do. You know, they always do that. Jeff Munkin, a very good football coach, is in his seventh year at Army. They uh, He is 40 and 36 at Army. It was rumored to be a guy that Mississippi State was interested in talking to when they had an opening. But anyway, that's Army. The thing you need to know about them is uh, they've gotten a lot better. Um, they are good. Um, last year, though, they kind of took a step back, went 5-8. and eight. It was A little bit of a surprise. Jeff Munkin is a good football coach. And they will not open the season on Saturday. Army will actually play on September 4th on Friday to open the season. All right, so tomorrow will be team number 88. Look for that. We'll see you tomorrow in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. See you then.